0: Hello there, everyone. Judge Andrew Napolitano here for Judging Freedom. Today is uh, February. Today is Wednesday, February 16. It's about 2.50 in the afternoon on the East Coast. And I have a couple of questions here to address, very prudent questions uh, that were sent to us by folks who were listening to my explanation of Sarah Palin's defeat in her litigation against the New York Times. Now, um, Governor Palin argued uh, that the Times' connection of words she used in New York to the uh, killings in Arizona that resulted in the assassination of a federal judge and the murder of a half-dozen people and the permanent injury of Congresswoman Gabby Giffords, this is about five or six years ago, uh, was defamatory. And, of course, it was defamatory. The question was, did did Sarah Palin's lawyers meet the standard That the law requires for a public figure to sue. Now, Governor Palin is a public figure. A public figure is a person who can command the attention of the media and has the ability to reject or rebut whatever was said about them. It used to be you had to be a public official, meaning somebody who worked for the government. The courts changed that to a public figure. So anybody can be uh, a public figure, a rap star. Uh, is a public figure. You could even be anonymous, but thrust into some media controversy, which makes you what's called a limited purpose public figure. You're a public figure for that purpose. But if you've been the governor of a state, and if you ran for vice president of the United States, and if you were a commentator on a major news network, uh, Governor Palin worked for Fox for a couple of years, you are indisputably a public figure. That means that you, the public figure, when you are a plaintiff, must meet a very high standard. So Benjamin Meltzer asks, and Mr. Meltzer, thank you for the question, sir. Wasn't the higher threshold for public figures established not in the text of the law, but by this Supreme Court ruling, one with which Antonin uh, Scalia disagreed, by the way? If it is, is it fair to say that in America, libel law is intended not to provide equal footing when the subject is a public figure. Uh, Is the bar too high for public figures? All right, so there is no statute of which I'm aware uh, providing for the um, obligation of public figures to meet the high bar, which is to show that the media engaged in knowledge of falsity, meaning it published something about you and it knew it was false, or reckless disregard for whether it was false or true, referred to as actual malice. That comes from a Supreme Court opinion in 1964 called New York Times against Sullivan, in which Commissioner Sullivan, the police commissioner of Montgomery, Alabama, sued the New York Times for a full-page ad that didn't even mention him by name, but he argued that it impliedly called him a racist. Now, the issue was not, is he a racist, or was he a racist? The issue was, um, did the New York Times publish this knowing it was false or with reckless disregard for the truth? The standard comes from the case, not from any statute. So that is the law uh, in every court in the union when a public figure sues a media entity, no matter who you are, whether you're Eminem or Bill O'Reilly, you're a public figure. And if you're going to sue a media entity for defamation, whether it's libel, printed, slander, spoken, um, you have to meet this uh, very high standard. Uh, is it fair? Well, that's a philosophical question, Mr. Meltzer. Uh, it, are the scales balanced? Your, your question is correct. The scales are not balanced. They are intentionally not balanced because the first amendment the court has ruled needs breathing room so when when journalists or when anybody who can get in front of a camera like I am now um uh is going to express an opinion the court wants to give them breathing room where does the breathing room come from from the first amendment so i think that uh, uh even supporters of times versus sullivan uh, would say that the cases that, that the law is not balanced, that it is intended to make uh, defamation cases difficult so as to encourage open, wide and robust speech about public officials and public figures. Next question is from Todd Welsh, who asks, shouldn't the media printer produce a correction in the same format as the, as the misinformation? There I agree with you. Often you see these corrections in a little tiny box, on page three in the New York Times, whereas the statement was that, that's being corrected was a banner headline or even a, a, a paragraph uh, on the front page. The media never prints, I shouldn't say never. but think of one or two exceptions, rarely prints uh, a correction uh, with the same magnitude as the original statement. but lots of times the correction doesn't work. The correction doesn't always absolve the uh, media defendant. In fact, many times when the jury saw the correction, they reacted, um, Todd, Mr. Welsh, excuse me, as you did, and it actually hurt the media that published that. Finally, a uh, viewer wrote to me directly and asked when I was referencing yesterday uh, that I read a Catholic publication in which two mothers of the children who were slaughtered in Sandy Hook often published Uh, essays that moved me deeply. What is the publication? The publication is called the Magnificat, and it is magnificent. Judge Napolitano, Judging Freedom.